I just landed in Dallas Airport. I'm on my way to BGG Con. It's convenient because it's right next to the Dallas Airport. I just gotta find some type of shuttle. What am I looking forward to doing? Assassinating Isaac Venga. Mostly. Also playing some games. I'm also rooming with my co-editor, Delton Brack from Malthouse Games. Maybe I'll get a little assassin crazy and try to assassinate him too as a hello. <laughs> Excited. I'm Alan Girding. And this is the Tuesday Night Podcast, the podcast all about the stories we make while playing the games we love on, around, and even under the gaming table. That's right, it's a podcast about stories. And this is the BGGCon episode. What the heck is the BGGCon episode? Well, it stands for Board Game Geek. Get woke, yo, and understand that BoardGameGeek.com is pretty much the one-stop shop place that people go to learn anything they want to know about their board games. <laughs> Who designed this game? Who's the publisher? Any reviews? BoardGameGeek.com is where you go, yo. So they have a whole convention. They also have a cruise, which I haven't been to, but every year... Sean McCoy and myself attend Board Game Geek Con. Now, this is also in Sean's hometown. He lives in Dallas, and that's where BGG Con takes place. Sean and I use this opportunity to meet at BGG Con every year to really hanker down and talk business. Tuesday night games business, to be specific. The name of our company. What are we going to do with our company for the end of 2018 and all of 2019 leading into November of 2019 where we meet again for Board Game Geek? Yeah, sure, there's plenty of times we meet together. But anyway, we use it as a time to really talk biz. We got our schedule for the whole year going on. Little plot spoilers, you can expect uh, two rooms and a boom expansion. I'm talking two rooms and a groom. Also, maybe some handsy. Handsy, yeah, can't wait to tell you more about that. Also, you might even expect Jennifer O'Bully's Tooth or Bear. That's the game that we played at Shucks 18. That was just last episode. Guests would come up and we would throw down with some Tooth or Bear. But you know what? Mostly what we did is we just played some games. Yeah, we were there to do business. Serious board game playing business. So that's what you can expect from this episode. We're going to have some table talk where I just talk on my own about some of the kick-ass games I played. We're also going to give you an update about Assassin! What happened at BGGCon between myself and enemy Isaac Vega. And also some food porn. So, so let's start with some table talk. It's time table talk. Question, what games did I play at BGGCon 18? I think an easier question would be, what games didn't I play? <laughs> Not really, that would be insane, because there's so many games nowadays, it's ridiculous. But what games did I play? I played a game called Cryptid. 
Sure enough, my friend Alex Haig from Palm Court Games slaps down Cryptid. What the hell is a Cryptid? If you don't know what a Cryptid is, Loch Ness Monster, Sasquatch, the Jersey Devil, all of these animals that don't actually exist, but some people think they do exist. A cryptozoologist is someone who hunts and knows a lot about cryptids. So this cryptid game, it's published by Osprey Games, which I've never played any of their games before. The art, good old Quan Chai, my old favorite. Alex pulls out this game and right away I see hexes and think, oh boy, here we go. Not really my type of thing, because hexes usually means a large playtime, and I'm thinking military, I'm thinking domination. That's not at all what Cryptid was. There are beautiful hexes, by the way, once again because of Guan Chai's art all over the place. But I friggin' love this game. It was a clue killer, in my opinion. Clue, you hide a couple cards, and you try to figure out who's the killer, where'd they kill the person, and with what weapon. <laughs> That's cool theme and all, but Cryptid, in this game, everyone gets a secret rule as to where the cryptid is located in this huge hex grid map area. Everyone's clue is different. If you learn everybody's clue, including your own, of course, they overlap with only one hex. These clues could be this cryptid exists in either the desert or the mountains, or it could be the cryptid is one space away from a colored building. You are trying by the process of elimination, trying to figure out what all the other players' rules are. And you do this by pointing to a place and asking, hey Alex, could the cryptid be here? And if not, Alex puts down a cube, meaning nope. If the answer is yes, he puts down a disc. Eventually you can declare, I think the cryptid's here. And if all the players put down a disc, including yourself, you know, that's the location of the cryptid. So by process of elimination, I realize, well, Alex's rule has to be the cryptid is either on the desert or the mountains because pretty much anywhere that's not the desert or mountains, he said no to. I don't know why I'm explaining these rules because it's more about the story. I think the story is, at first I thought, this game looks like it's gonna suck because I'm not a huge hex grid fan, but it was awesome. Another story. I'm rooming with Sir Delton Brick of Malthouse Games. We're sharing a hotel room together, so we played all these games pretty much together. And holding on the troubled life of Billy Kerr is being passed around the board game geek gaming cafeteria all over the place. I can't get myself a copy, so I'm walking through the exhibit hall and friend of the show, Michael Fox, who currently works for Hub Games, catches me and says, hey, I'll give you a copy of Holding On, The Troubled Life of Billy Kerr. This is designed by Michael Fox and Rory O'Connor. This is this beautiful game about a dude who's Irish and has a heart attack, is sent to the hospital, and you all play nurses trying to take care of that man and trying to learn all about him. You have to make these difficult decisions. Do we give this Billy Kerr palliative care? Meaning, do we talk to him and hold his hand and make him feel better about his life, which is most likely ending? Or do we actually take care of the dude and make sure he doesn't die? So you have to make these interesting decisions in this quest. I don't even know why I'm explaining this game to you all. Because realistically, we were shown exactly how to play by Sir Delton Brack. Because... He's played the game so many times, he has the rules memorized and down. And in fact, if you listen to episode 25 of Malthouse Games, Sir Delton Bricks podcast, 
he does such a wonderful job with his wife, Haley Brick, explaining how the game's played and the feel and emotion. So just check that out. Don't listen to me. Listen to them. But what else did I play? I'm so glad I asked. Wavelength. I said wavelength in case that didn't make sense. Wavelength is being published by Palm Court Games. This is the game we played last episode in the live Shucks experience. Alex Haig and Justin Vickers are the owners behind Palm Court Games, and they got to design this game with Wolfgang Warsh. Now, who the heck is Wolfgang Warsh? He's the creator of The Mind. Where you're supposed to just put down cards that count up. Anyway... This game is going to be gangbusters. It's going to be hitting Kickstarter really soon. They said maybe even as soon as Cyber Monday. Check that out. Everyone's going to want it. I would buy so much stock in this game if I had the insider trader information and the board game industry worked that way with stocks. But man, I love the game. In fact, I love it so much. Let's play some uh, examples that we did. Because instead of just sitting down and having like two teams of three... We were a little bit nervous because never before, according to Alex, had we played with huge teams of 10 people on each team because a whole bunch of people ended up wanting to play Wavelength. But we did. We did these large teams and it still freaking worked. It was amazing. One person goes up and they get a range. One example that I had when I was up in front of my team was vital to non-vital. Vital, meaning you need it to stay alive, and non-vital, meaning you don't need it to stay alive. And you had to turn this dial to match how vital something was and how non-vital was. But in order to play this as a knave, knight, and listener alike, listening to this right now, instead of just imagining a dial that that you tune, let's just do it this way. I'm thinking of a number between one and five. And I have to get you to guess what that number is with this clue. So we'll say one is vital and five is non-vital so here's the clue the human heart now i actually gave this clue during bgg con i believe this was friday night we played this with a huge group of people and that was what it was vital to non-vital and again they would turn a dial to try to match it up but what number do you think it is because if you said number two you're correct now a lot of people thought well it should be number one Can you think of something that's more vital than your heart? I thought, yes, I can think of things that are more vital than the heart because you can live without a heart. We're talking pacemakers, artificial hearts, heart transplants, etc. So what would be more vital than the heart? A lot of people ask, and I would say the medulla, which is the part of the brain that's responsible for your vital functionings. Without it, I mean, you're toast. I'll give you another example just for funsies. On a scale of one to five, the range is job to career. Job to career. Job is number one. Career being number five. This was given to someone who shut up late. I believe her name was Anna. And Anna gave her clue, and her clue was cleaning toilets. Now, right away, as I play Wavelength, I think to myself, is there something worse than cleaning a toilet, because that's a job, not a career. No one plans on cleaning toilets their entire life. So obviously, we're looking at one, two, maybe three. But I'm definitely thinking there's not too many jobs worse, but I can certainly think of jobs worse. I think it's number two. But wait a moment. Wait a moment. What does Anna think? 
because it's wavelength. It's not guessing what you believe, it's guessing what the person who gave the clue believes. So what did she think? That was, on the scale of job to career, one. So we said one, we just buried that needle down and we are correct because she couldn't think of anything worse than cleaning toilets. Just so you know, I can definitely think of things that are worse than cleaning toilets. You can even stay in the same realm of cleaning things and there's things way worse to clean than fecal matter and urine. I'm just saying, there's other bodily fluids and... You get what I'm saying. Anyway, last I want to talk about is I got to play a super secret Isaac Vega game. You may know Isaac as the designer of Dead of Winter and other games by Plaid Hat Games. I know him as one of my best friends and one of the two individuals with whom I play Assassin. But he pulled me aside and there's this game coming out that Isaac showed us. I'm going to say one of the best games that I've ever played. And that's a bold statement. So I'm super excited to come out. I can't really tell you about it. We weren't permitted to take pictures or anything like that. But I will say this, Captain Chessbeard would love this game. That's all I'm saying. Captain Chessbeard would love this game. That's all I'm saying. That's it. But speaking of Isaac Vega, this son of a gun went ahead and jumped into my game between Lindsay Road and myself at Shucks and killed me. So now it's revenge time. So why don't we go and talk about what Isaac did to me during BGGCon. Well, it's BGGCon and it's my day two. I showed up Thursday night and now it's Friday at quarter after seven. 8.15. 8.15, oh, I can't read a watch. <laughs> it's 8.15, it's the time change. I am with Isaac. Hello, everyone. And Isaac's going to explain exactly what went down. Oh, Alan. He thought he had everything planned out. (laughs) (laughs) He thought he had all the cards hiding at the end of a hallway with a perfect line of sight so he could see everyone coming in and out of the only entrance of a room. What is that? That's like, that's a good 70, 80 yards. Yep. What you say? That's almost 70, a 80 yards. Say Delta? I don't know, 50 yards. You think it's 50 yards? Okay. But what he didn't know is that he's in my home turf. Dallas. Look at him. The silly boy asking people for loyalty, asking people for help. You telling him about Colin. <laughs> telling about Colin. Colin knows. But if he doesn't help, his good friend Isaac. What's his name? Last name Flores? Colin Flores. The designer of Guardians, everybody. Yeah. Buy it. Pick it up. Pick up Guardians. But I can see anyone coming down the hallway, so how the hell? How the hell? I had some help. I got some good large friends in front of me. <laughs> and some trusty boxes that people have discarded in the hallway that I stole to use to hide myself, to get myself down that hallway. And just as I'm entering, (laughs) Alan has a little bit of an inclining. Oh, something could happen right now. But Donnie says hi, and Sean says hi, and guess what? Donnie, this brick wall, (laughs) there's this huge posse that walks in of people, and someone behind Donnie, the brick wall, is carrying boxes, and Donnie's walking right towards us, and then Sean, business partner, in quotes, but it was a failure of the team. <laughs> team failure. Team failure. We left it all on the field. 
Sean goes, oh, hey, Donnie. So Sean knows Donnie. And so Sean stands up. So I stand up. And Donnie then says, hey, good to see you, and reaches his hand. And I'm thinking, oh, he knows us. He's in. He's one of us. He reaches his hands towards me, so I go to shake his hand, and as soon as I grab his hand, he squeezes my hand, and then the boxes go up in the air. Aha! From behind Donnie jumps Isaac. And then I kill him. Donnie's the best. That was great work, Donnie. Yes. He did his job. <laughs> he has uh, his Low Player Count podcast, if you guys want to check that out. Is that the name of his podcast, yeah, yeah, Low yeah. Player Count? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I thought um, you were just criticizing that yeah, no yeah. one listens to his podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, he plays like one and two player games. Low oh, player that's games. A, yeah, that's yeah. A cool it's thing. a good podcast. Everybody should, should check it out. You should Sean. Oh, that would be great. I'd love that. Hey, it was another convention. Undefeated. I'm undefeated, and it's going to keep going in another week or two, Yeah, <laughs> because we're both going to be at PAX Unplugged. PAX Unplugged is yeah. freaking two weeks from now. we got and then Thanksgiving. And Lindsay will be back in the, in the yes. soup. Oh, my God. Yes. It's going to be crazy. Here's what I think should but, be a rule. But, Whoever kills someone first, okay. should they be able to help the other person kill? Yes. That's fun. That's so, like, fun if I kill you first, then game. you have to help yes. me kill Lindsay. All right. Yes. Okay. So you will be bait be for Lindsay. It's going to be interesting, because we both have an interesting relationship with Lindsay. She's going to die first, there's no doubt. I mean, I feel sorry for Lindsay. Let's just, like, like, I mean, I, I don't want to rag on her or anything like that, because you were so into this. I didn't know he, was in a, he wasn't here yesterday morning, and I got here yesterday, and I was freaking out. I was in sunglasses. I had a surgical mask on, but then I used the surgical mask while I had the sunglasses on, and it was blowing hot air into the sunglasses that I couldn't see, so I had to take the surgical mask. <laughs> Off. <laughs> so good. <laughs> then I'm freaking out. Everybody that comes up to me is like, "Hey, Isaac!" Immediately with the surgical mask. On. <laughs> So yeah, I'm like, that was the thing. My like, outfit is terrible. <laughs> you still look like Isaac. I would say from a mile away, you're very distinctive. So that's why it's even a double whammy that you were able to freaking get me with boxes and Donnie. Oh man! So I'm freaking out the entire morning and just like having my back up against the wall and like side eye looking at people while I'm while I'm talking to them and just like it's the most tense I've ever been coming to a show. This is yeah. I was surprised you wanted in. Like, dude, you don't understand. It is stressful doing this. And Delta now under stands too from my experience secondhand. But the thing is, is that I would ask people like, hey, good to see you again, like Hunter Shelbourne. I'm like, hey, Hunter, it's so good to see you. Have you seen Isaac? He's like, dude, he's looking for you. He's wearing sunglasses and wearing a hoodie and he's acting all shady. What's going on? So everyone I'm talking to is like, hey, Isaac's looking for you too. Ridiculous. Uh, but it feels so good that it's finally over. It's so weird because if we weren't playing this game, I totally would be texting you like, hey, I'm just landing right, right, and when are you coming exactly, in? Exactly, exactly. It's a lot of stress. It's a lot of stress, but it's kind of exhilarating at the same time. I don't How's know. the payoff? Oh, it felt so good. <laughs> it felt so good to I mean, win. It feels good for me, too. Like, yeah. even when you get killed, you're like, well, at least I don't have to worry anymore. And at least you got me in a very good way, yes. too. Yes, I'm excited for PAX Unplugged to see what happened because I'm probably going to get there earlier than you so I can set some things up. <laughs> yeah, that's probably... I'm at a huge disadvantage against Isaac, but Lindsay's at a big disadvantage against me. Right, but PAX Unplugged is none of our home turf. Oh, it's Lindsay's home turf. It's Lindsay's home it's turf. It's Lindsay's home turf. So, so she better step it up. Okay. From right. Philly. She's got family there. She's staying She could have house. all her brothers kill us. 
she could literally just have her brothers come up and pin me down and then just step on my throat or something. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to do some more planning. Is she gonna listen to this podcast before? before? Probably not. Oh, no, thank God. probably not. <laughs> no, like, no. Who found me? Who saw me down the hallway? Oh. It was me. I saw Sean, actually. This little green shirt that said Tuesday Night Games. (laughs) You son of a bitch. Give me again. Our marketing is too good. (laughs) (laughs) I was wearing this yellow shirt, and I've been wearing a hoodie over it. I was always like, in my mind, you're always in that red Tuesday Night Games shirt. Like, I always see you in the red one. So everybody in a red shirt that kind of had your frame, I was freaking out by. (laughs) Hey, love you, man. Thank you so much, fun. Love you too, Alex. (laughs) It's a lot of fun. Gosh, well, at least now we should hang out and play something. Yes. Oh, that Isaac Vega. Damn it. He's got two up on me. At least I have everything up on Lindsay. Crazy thing is, PAX Unplugged is freaking two weeks. Not even. We got Thanksgiving. By the way, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. You know what I'm thankful for? You. Yeah, you the listeners, for writing in all your emails and sending them to podcast at TuesdayNightGames.com. I also really appreciate all the Knave to Knife submissions that you send in. Same place. Send us your little story, and we'll publish it and knight you. That's right. I'm also really grateful for all the times that you've reviewed this podcast on iTunes. Give us the whole five stars if you dare, baby. (laughs) But I'm also thankful for food. Strap on in, because it's time for some mm, food porn. <laughs> mm, yeah. So I'm here with Sir Delton Brack of Malthouse Games. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. And we are in Dallas's Cineholic. Here's a little thing about me. I'm vegan, and I'm rooming with Delton, and coincidentally, Delton, you're vegan too. Also vegan. So Cineholic is a Cinnabon place, gourmet cinnamon rolls, but it's all vegan. And that's a rare treat, having cinnamon rolls that are vegan. And we're about to eat the fall special. It has a whole bunch of fall flavors in there. There's cuts of apples. How would you describe this? I'm imagining it's going to be an apple pie on a cinnamon roll. Oh, man. Now here's the cookies and cream cookie that just came out. This is ridiculous. (laughs) I'm planning on going into a diabetic coma after this. Solid. So which one are you going to go for first? Uh, I'm going to try this fall special. All right. Let's, let's do it. Clink it and sink it. Oh, man. It's, it's so gooey. Oh, that frosting. The frosting's where all the flavors are. I'm imagining there's going to be, like, some pumpkin and some spice in here. And, and everything nice. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Oh, and we just got the s'mores blast sent to us, too. Because it's been probably six years since I've had a marshmallow. So here we have vegan marshmallow. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, It's dangerously good. Mm -hmm. I don't know why we got so much. Mm -hmm. We're idiots, and we knew this coming in. This is like the opium den of antiquity. We're just going to pass out from a food coma now. Yeah, man, this... This fall combination really does taste like pumpkin pie and spice... And I imagine, because I don't drink coffee, but those fall lattes, is that kind of what it's like in yeah. a cinnamon bun form? Essentially, yes. It's it's just a mixture of a nice apple cider. Oh, 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 maple and graham crackers. That's your choice. <laughs> yeah, that's my choice. Oh, oh man. We're going to die. It's insane. 
Thank you for holding the plate for me as I try yes. to eat with one hand. Let's see. Uh, I don't know why I'd eat anything else. Like, this is so good. It's hard for me to even try anything else. The crisp apple, that fresh apple taste, mm -hmm. it does really well with the sweet. Man, the drizzle that they have on top is just straight up caramel, and that's been really rare for yes. me, too, as a vegan. So this one, I'm pretty sure exactly what this one's going to taste like. I'm looking at mm -hmm. this. It's chocolate chip cookie dough covered in vegan vanilla frosting yes. with Oreo cookies. <laughs> and I'm supposed to be asking you about, you've never been at BGGCon. I'm going to start biting into this vegan Oreo cookie on top of chocolate chip cookie dough. Oh well, you tell me, BGGCon, first time, what do you think? BGG is a lot of fun so far. It's very different than all the other conventions I've been to, which is basically Gen Con. BGG is very focused on playing with friends, playing with people, and just playing games in general. And so it's been a different experience, but it's definitely an enjoyable one. So, so far, no complaints. I think Alan's fixing to die from that bite. <laughs> there is no justifying what I just did. <laughs> it is straight up just chocolate chip cookie dough mm -hmm. with Oreos. Mm -hmm. And the super sweet mm -hmm. frosting. Mm -hmm. So basically, the sweet monster just kicked me in the nuts <laughs> and I liked it. And I'm asking for more. To the point where I'm going to take another bite. Oh my goodness. I have to take a photo. That way I can post it and show my wife. Just as a recap, to be clear, we have three full-size Cinnabons <laughs> in front of us and a tennis ball-sized ball of ball cookie dough. With some Oreo on top. And we're just going through this. And I want to finish this damn... This one's really good. It's so hard to go from the fall. Like, it's so good, this fall. How special. The jets behind the counter were super nice, and I have to admit, they gave us one for free because they saw we were here for an experience. Oh, yeah. And this is an experience that I'm glad is not in my hometown, or else I would be dead at this point. True. I would be dead at this point. I would be shamed coming here all the time. Stage 8 diabetes. <laughs> this would be... I would mm. sneak off. <laughs> and maybe even wear sunglasses and a hood over my head as I walked in. Because I wouldn't want to, people to know how much money I've been spending here. And people would be wondering, dude, what happened to your waist? <laughs> Don't body shame me. This is when my wife would wake up at 3 a.m. And to find me in the kitchen on the floor with one of these on my face. I would sneak in the kitchen when she doesn't know I have it and just devour it. We're going to have to share these pictures yes. on our social media. So, at PlayTKG on Twitter, Facebook, Tuesday Night Games. And for you, Malthouse Games, right? Yes, at Malthouse Games on all social media. So, I'm going to bite into this <laughs> s'mores. I'm excited because, again, it has vegan chocolate in here, which I have had recently. But, marshmallow... Again, about six years, so I'm really excited about this. you pronounce it marshmallow or marshmallow? I say marshmallow. I say mellow, like, hey, mellow out, dude. Exactly, exactly. Oh, man, this is tough to just cut into. You cut into it. <laughs> and you're just going at that mm -hmm. fall special. Mm -hmm. A little bit of autumn mm -hmm. in your mouth. All right, so I'm looking at a whole bunch of graham crackers crumbled up. I'm trying to get this marshmallow in here. Here we go. There you go. So now I've got a fork full of chocolate, marshmallow, and graham cracker all in one bite, including a little bit of cinnamon roll in it. <laughs> Just a wee bit of cinnamon roll. I'm gonna, I'm gonna dig into this one too. Well, I'll be totally honest. It tastes like a freaking s'more. There's nothing original it's, here, it's except just, it's like triple the amount of chocolate because these are huge chocolate chunks. And triple the amount of uh, calories that we're intaking with it. Well, it's one of our birthdays soon, and I hear that on your birthday soon. there's no calories. Oh, uh, that is true. When's your birthday? 
It's in June. It's today. It's today now. <laughs> what do you think of the s'mores? Oh, you're still eating. The s'mores is really good. I love the thick crunch of the chocolate. It's a really nice texture. Because normally a s'mores, it gets too melty for me. So I like that this has a little bit of that crunch left. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This one's too rich for me, though. I can't do it. A it's, couple bites in that one, you're good. Oh, man. I'm going to eat more of that fall special before you finish it. The fall's really good. Board Game Geek convention compared to Gen Con. Mm. So BGG Con versus Gen Con. Go. BGG Con is all about playing games, where Gen Con is all about buying games. It's going to depend on... Something that I have noticed is if you go to BGG Con and you have a group of friends with you, it's going to be an improved experience, although there is plenty to do if you do not know anybody. I mean, everyone has those signs that's, you know, needing players, needing teachers. Everybody so far has been very friendly with including me or if I'm walking by and I just stop and look at the game. I've had multiple people stand up and explain the game to me, middle of their turn, and then sit back down and continue to play as I watch. So it's been a very inviting environment so far for me. So that's really good. Where Gen Con is definitely more, you're just a number in the door. This feels like they care a little bit more about who you are coming in. But that can be a little bit more intimidating for someone with any type of social anxiety because in Gen Con, you can blend in and just be a fly on the wall. Here, if you're just being a fly on the wall, you're not really doing anything. That's exactly true, and that was my experience for Thursday. The people that I did know were occupied with other groups. I spent a lot of my time watching TV in the room because it was a little much to get out and about with everybody. I think having a friend, someone come with you that you can pal around with, definitely is something you should try to do with BGG. This is Sean's hometown, and I haven't even gotten to spend a lot of time with Sean, but it's nice in the past when I've gone to BGG that if I needed to, I could just call on Sean. I think the strong card to play at BGG Con, which is just a game convention where you go to play games, mm-hmm. is you go with your friends. It could just be one friend and you play a game, and then yep. other strangers come in, and then it slowly expands your friend group. Yes. So by the end, by Sunday, you have a pretty consistent group that you can, groups, plural, that yeah. you can jump to and from. Yeah, dude, I'm. I think I'm wimping out. I'm. 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 I'm dying out already. I'm gonna dig into the maple graham cracker because this is this is my jam. So basically, yours, the maple graham cracker, looks a lot like the s'more. What's the difference between the maple graham cracker and the s'more one? I see no chocolate. The graham cracker is similar because it's on both. However, the maple. Mm, there's something about maple flavor that is just so distinctive, and I think with that graham cracker, there's just something about it. It's I love so how good. we try to justify eating this by recording a podcast about us yes. tasting it. Yes. So you're a big maple fan then? I'm a big maple fan. I'm going to try a bite. I'm going to have to put this down in order to try it. When I think of maple, what state do you think of? I think of Vermont as the most... I think of Canada. You think of Canada because of the... Yeah. I think of Canada. There you go. It's simple. It's not a lot of over-the-top combination, but I think it just works well together. Mm-hmm. Just maple and graham cracker. Because the frosting is just standard frosting. I would say that's probably most representative of a plain Cinnabon. For the most part. With just graham crackers and maple syrup on it. Essentially. What's the big winner here? Now that we've tried all four of these things, we tried the cookie dough with the Oreo on top. We tried the fall special. We tried your maple and graham cracker, and you tried my s'mores. Just looking at the table, the amount of the fall special left tells you that the fall special, I think, is the winner here. Fall special now looks like there's melted frosting with some apples drowning in it because there is no more Cinnabon at all. I found a piece. Oh, you found it? <laughs> I'm eating it. Awesome. So would you recommend PGG Con for folks in the future? I would. I would just say make sure you've got a friend with you. 
but aside from that, definitely. So it got incrementally better when your old friend Alan showed up on Friday. Yes. Thursday. I showed up Thursday night. Thursday night. 100% true. Yeah. The minute you got here and we started hanging out and doing everything, it improved the experience definitely. It's also funny because you're not the typical gamer in that you have seem to have a pretty strict in bed before midnight up at 6 o'clock. I'm normally in bed at like 9.30 and I'm awake at 5, so staying up last night till midnight was brutal and sleeping until 8 just felt wrong. <laughs> but here's the thing. Most people have jobs in their lives, and most yeah. people have that time of sleep schedule. But when you're at BGGCon, yeah. you accidentally... You no schedule. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. You don't see the daylight. Yeah. It's all in this you basement. In and so it's weird getting out to Cineholic and driving and being out in the sun. Yes. You feel like a vampire. <laughs> Sunlight. <laughs> it's repulsive to my eyes. What day is it? <laughs> I'm going to try my best to finish this. Thanks for listening. And thanks for doing this with me, too. Thanks, thanks for enabling me. I'm, I'm definitely an enabler when it comes to sweets. <laughs> That's just about going to do it for episode 157 of the Tuesday Night Podcast. I have no idea what is in store for episode 158 because I'm not even sure if I will really have time for an episode because I'll be so busy getting ready for PAX Unplugged And I don't really have time to prepare this weekend because of the Thanksgiving holiday. So I hope you have a really safe Thanksgiving holiday. And I hope that I have a safe trip to Philly, Lindsay Rhodes' hometown, where I'm going to assassinate her in the place in which she was birthed. It's a freaking eight plus hour drive from Cleveland to Philadelphia. And I'm going to be at PAX Unplugged. Here's something exciting. If you're attending PAX Unplugged, stop by our booth. But maybe you're asking yourself, self... Why would I stop by the Tuesday night game booth? Well, let me tell you, there's so many reasons. Because we're going to have Mothership there. What? That's right. You can get your mitts on a physical copy of Sean McCoy's Mothership, the sci-fi horror RPG. We're also going to have the companion that goes along with it, Dead Planet. (laughs) Get your hands on some death on an entire planet of horror space style. Also, we're gonna have That's Not Lemonade for sale, so if you didn't back us on Kickstarter and you weren't at Gen Con and you wanna get your hands on that press your luck beautifulness, stop on by our booth. But that's not it, because we're also gonna have some Penny Arcade action. That's right, if you're part of the Penny Arcade action, you want one of those enamel pins, we have a Tuesday Night Games pin. But what's our pin about? I'm so glad you asked. Our pin is TK. The Tuesday Night. That's right, our little mascot dude that you see anytime you listen to one of these episodes. It's going to be him in full form, and you'll be able to just stick him on wherever you can stick your usual pins. I'm assuming your lanyard, but I'm not judging. But you know what else we're going to be showing off at this booth? Some games that have yet to be released, like Hansy. Oh, yes. So if you come on in, we can go ahead and demonstrate how to play our latest game. And when you come in, you'll say, oh my goodness, this is just a prototype? I don't understand. How is this a prototype, Alan? The quality of these components is phenomenal. Well, I'll tell you why the components are so quality. Because of the GameCrafter.com. Sponsors, yay! Thank you for sponsoring us. Send us free stuff for money. And we'll talk about your stuff, but only if we like it. Ha ha ha! Boom! Go to thegamecrafter.com for all your component needs. 
I'm really excited to buy some of these really indie games from the Game Crafters website because not only can you get your components published through the Game Crafter, but you can actually sell your games through the Game Crafter. There's no barrier to entry. That means you can get some amazing games that have yet to be discovered on thegamecrafter.com. Or you can find some pieces of crap too. So my plan on this holiday, besides getting some work done, is I'm gonna actually try to get some of these elusive titles from thegamecrafter.com just for fun skis, because it doesn't get more indie than anyone being able to release any game they want on a website. And speaking of which, thegamecrafter.com is our sponsors. So not only am I thankful for all of you listening to this episode 157, but I'm also thankful for our sponsor, thegamecrafter.com. <laughs> Well, we should bring it to a close, and hopefully we can get more Sean McCoy on. And I'm hoping next episode we'll be able to answer some emails, and maybe even knight someone. So I'll see you all back here in episode 158. And with that being said, this episode is... I'm Billy Kerr, and I be telling you this here episode be... Finished.